0: This is an NBA Finals edition of the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, where you never have to question our effort. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke, and I'm joined by Tyler King and Vinny Benedetto to break down Game 2 of the NBA Finals, as the series is tied 1-1, headed back to Miami. Stay tuned. Well, everybody, we have a series. Uh, Miami Heat... Him Denver last night and beat the Nuggets to uh, 111 to 108 to even up the NBA Finals at one apiece. So I'm joined by two guys who uh, I'm not worried about their effort because they know it's the NBA Finals. Uh, Vinny Benedetto is here. Vinny, how you doing?
1: Good. I'm trying to uh, recover after these uh, first few games and be ready to go again for uh, game three with with even better effort.
0: Yes, exactly. And Tyler, how are you doing today?
2: Great. Uh, That was a fantastic, you know, epic finals game. You know, grateful to be there in person for it. It was uh, super fun, uh, even though I had to kind of work my way through the stairs to get down to the press conference and kind of push through uh, upset Nuggets fans. Um, it was a good time. I really enjoyed
0: it last night. Well, you got to write the story about Duncan Robinson uh, flexing on people, which uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. But uh, let's just talk about the game in general. You know, Vinny and I were talking before we started recording about just a very strange game last night. Um You know, Miami jumps out early, pretty much dominates the first quarter until about two minutes left and the Nuggets start making their run. The Nuggets dominate non-Jokic minutes and are up 50-35 to uh, in the second quarter. And the Heat go on, you know, the NBA has a game of runs, but it was back and forth, back and forth. Nuggets still led going to the fourth by eight. And then the fourth quarter happened. Uh, Your boy Duncan Robinson happened. Um, All of that happened. So, Vinny, I just want to get, you know, and then, we heard Coach Malone afterwards talk about effort. We heard Jeff Green talk about effort. So, Vinny, I want to ask you, what is going on? Why are we talking about effort in game two of the NBA Finals?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, the Nuggets probably got a little complacent after game one when they, they didn't play well and, and were still able to win that game. It felt like they kind of thought they could just show up, you know, didn't really need to be disciplined. They could just show up you know, play the way they play offensively and and felt like they were going to be all right. And that obviously uh, was
0: not the case. So, Tyler, I'll ask you, I think that's a little, that's a little crazy for the Nuggets to think that because if anyone has watched the Heat, these whole NBA playoffs, they're going to fight you to the end.
2: Yeah, they're impossible to kill, it seems like, throughout (laughs) these playoffs. I don't, every, many teams have tried and failed to kind of put this Heat team away and it's just, it's just really hard. I mean, the Nuggets have not played well since the first half of game one, I would say the second half of game two, they didn't play well. And most of last night, they didn't really play all that well. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there should really be any, any overconfidence on Denver's side, even though it is, you know, one, one, and they should are still in theoretic, theoretically the favorites and they're going the rest of the way. Um, But yeah, just with this Heat team, I, I don't know. It's just something about them there. They always seem to, to, to fight back, even if it's not the most perfect game. They just, like you mentioned, we talked about Duncan Robinson already, um, briefly mentioned him, but, yeah, he'll just score 10 points to start the fourth quarter, and they'll snatch the lead back. It's just they have a knack for doing that uh, in
0: this postseason. They've got a handful of guys
2: capable of doing that at any given moment.
0: Well, because it was everybody on the Heat, except, I mean, Butler had a couple big shots, but it was Max Struess. It was Gabe Vincent. It was Duncan Robinson. Um, Bam had that big dunk over Michael Porter Jr., who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, But let's talk, let's kind of work backwards. Let's talk about the last play a little bit. You know, it's gone back and forth. Um, Take a timeout. Don't take a timeout. Vinny, you had a story up this morning about how they were completely fine with the shot they got. Were you fine with the shot they got?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um looking back, you know, Jamal had hit two threes in the previous couple minutes during that comeback. Um, I think the one thing Malone said post game about it that really made sense to me was that the Nuggets were really struggling when the Heat were able to set up their half court defense, struggling to get consistently good looks. And on top of that, I think the Heat had a foul to give or a foul to use. Yeah, um, they did with you know 13 seconds left or whatever so you figure you get the ball in if if you take a timeout you get the ball in the heat have time to to huddle up and and talk about what you think they're going to do worst case scenario they take a foul you do it all over again with with a few seconds left um so yeah i thought there was a little uncertainty after bruce brown grabs the rebound with like 13 seconds left it was like they wasted maybe a second or two before they got into it Um, but, you know, Jamal said it after the game, that's a shot we've seen him make a bunch of times, uh, looked good. I think he felt, I thought it was in
0: from home. I I was like,
1: oh, that's going in. (laughs) And he, and he, and he missed the shot. So, uh, you know, you get a, you know, Jimmy Butler even said, um, he contested as best he could. Jimmy said he thought it was a pretty decent look. I think he, it just happened to miss. And, and I, that's a shot you can live with, I
0: think. So, you know, it's funny you talk about the foul to give because Butler didn't, like, knock the ball away from Jamal Murray. And I always wondered if he was trying to foul or if he was just being Jimmy Butler and trying to steal the ball. It could be possibly the second one, and he was just trying to end the game. Okay, so, Tyler, do you take the timeout? What do you think on that?
2: No, I actually kind of have no qualms with what the Nuggets did there in the final seconds um, because you just don't – I don't think you want to give Miami a chance to set up their defense because they had been playing – was a pretty good defense for most of the fourth quarter. The last couple minutes, kind of leading up when the Nuggets were on the run, it was maybe it was a little bit more of Nuggets shot making than anything. But um, yeah, I don't think you want to give Miami the chance to set up their defense, get their best defensive guys in there um, for for that one last possession. And I, you know, I like Vinny. And I were talking about this after the game last night. You know, I think the Nuggets got the look they wanted. They got into the set. Um, you know, they were able to run the two man game. Maybe they were expecting Miami to foul. I don't know. Maybe that caused a little bit of confusion to start. But it didn't look like there was a ton of confusion uh, from the Nuggets. Anybody on the court kind of knew what to do in that scenario. It just didn't make the shot didn't go down. And,
0: you know, sometimes it happens. Yeah. And they switched that pick and roll, didn't they? Because Butler was on Jokic and they switched. Um, You know, I just bring that up because, you know, there's Malone haters are everywhere. The teams in the NBA finals, and they're still talking about how he was out coached. And, you know, and we're gonna I'm gonna bring that up now is you know Tyler, you had the story about oh wait, did you have, did you have a story about Spo? okay, sorry about Spo just pushing the right buttons and he did. he started Kevin Love, which we talked about the other day. but then it's funny you know, like Gabe Vincent was great but didn't close the game like so so Tyler, you went to the heat press conferences like you know what, what did Spo have to say because he definitely he did everything right yesterday. I don't think he figured anything out like I don't want to do the whole they figured the Nuggets out stuff, but he figured them out for one game.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Spo doesn't want to do that either. He didn't really want to take much credit, and even the lineup change is not some grand new thing for Miami. This is the lineup they've been running for the majority of the postseason up until game six in Boston or against Boston um, when they, had, they were kind of forced to make a change and go smaller and put Caleb Martin into the starting lineup. But Kevin Love's been starting and playing a lot of minutes for a lot of the postseason, so – this is just their usual starting lineup and kind of Spo was even a little critical of himself last night saying it was his fault that he didn't have the the foresight to go to to know that they would need Kevin Love more um against the Nuggets and he, that's why he was kind of he regretted not playing him in game 1 um so yeah it was it was a pretty obvious change i thought just kind of going bigger and you know Kevin Love had a big impact on the game i thought even though he didn't really shoot the ball all that well i think he was two for nine from the field. He only had six points, but he he grabbed 10 boards in 22 minutes and he was a plus 18. So, I mean, it just kind of shows how impactful he was out there. And the other big decision I thought that Spo made that paid off really well was just trusting Duncan Robinson to turn it around because he was bad in game one and he was pretty bad in the first half um, last night in game two as well. And then he's just able to catch fire in like, a, I think it was like two minutes and 16 seconds. The first two minutes and 16 seconds of the fourth quarter, he scored all 10 of his points in the game and that changed the tide. It was like a 12, the the, the heat scored 12 points in that stretch, Duncan had 12 or 13 points and Duncan had 10 of them. And they were able to wrestle the lead back right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, like you mentioned, Chris, I don't think they figured out the nuggets, but it was just the right decisions paying off for Swolstra in that moment. And I don't think there should be any criticism from alone. I think, Malone's guys didn't play as well as Spode's guys did. I think that's it comes down what it comes down to last night in, fir- in terms of coaching.
0: Yeah, you know the Duncan Robinson thing was funny too because in that first half, like there was that stretch where Christian Brown was just determined to steal the ball from him. <laughs> well, Christian Brown was locking him up for a good yeah. five minutes there, and it looked like
2: <laughs> it looked like Christian Brown was a, a man among a man among boys out there, just the way he was playing. Um, and then it kind of switched there in that fourth quarter with Duncan just kind of outsmarting him and some really bad communication between him and Bruce Brown on back-to-back possessions um, with just kind of the, this the pin down screen from Gabe Vincent, where uh, Robinson would curl um, the, the, he got five easy points out of it just from miscommunication from the, the two Browns
0: there. So Vinny, I want to go to you about the defense because there were guys open from the very beginning of the game and they were opening game one and it is missed uh, last night. They did not miss. They made over almost 50% of their threes. I don't know if that continues. I saw a stat that there's 13 teams that have shot close to 50% from three in the playoffs. The Heat have done it – or 13 times, excuse me. The Heat have done it six of those 13. So, I mean, they can get really hot or they can be like they were in game one. But what was going on with the Nuggets defense? Because that's the most confused I've seen them look in a long time.
1: Yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to go back and watch the game this afternoon. But I, I'm curious if, if they tried to – um Change things up a little bit and almost overcomplicated things because throughout the season it's been pretty cut and dry. Where with with the starting five, they switch everything one through four. Uh, in in the bench unit, whoever they have out there, whether it's Jeff at the five or Aaron at the five, or you know, or even during the season, Zeke at the five, the bench unit would switch everything. Um, and and it seemed just like a pretty simple formula. So I'm I'm wondering if they tried to change something up last night to anticipate a heat adjustment and just were not able to um, all be on the same page because there was just way, way, way too many um, defensive lapses, miscommunications throughout the game where of the 35 threes Miami took, it felt like at least maybe 10 of them were really, really, really good looks that didn't have so much to do with what Miami was doing. I mean, they Miami executed well, obviously, and, and made shots, but I think the Nuggets have to feel like they they gave the Heat the ability to get into rhythm because they were just not talking, not communicating, uh, and it, you can't have that in the finals. That's that's pretty inexcusable, I think.
0: And so, Tyler, I'm going to ask you because there's been there were times in that game when like you know, AG would be on Jimmy Butler, and then they had like that late kind of double towards Jimmy. Do they even need to do that? Can you just let AG handle Butler? Butler has They've done great on Butler on both games. Butler has not been the problem in either of these games. No, not
2: at all. And that's a good sign for Miami, I think. But also I do agree with everything you said there, Chris. I don't think they should be doubling as much on Butler. There was a specific play. I remember in the first half where it was kind of towards the end of the shot clock and Butler had an ISO on the wing and Schroes came over to set like a semi screen and quickly pivots right to the, the corner and, is able to they the nuggets try to switch it or at least kind of hedge a little bit on the screen? And it's a quick pass from Butler to Struess, and he makes I think it was his last three, it was it was four three of, of the game. He only made four of them, but um it was his last one. It was a quick shot, it was near the end of the shot clock, and yeah, it was like it was kind of one of those plays. Like, why is it was Jamal who came because Jamal was guarding Max Struess, and Jamal came over to help um and doubled butler on the screen, and it was like, Why not just switch that or even just have Tr- Jamal kind of chase over the screen. I, it, it just didn't seem like um, it was wise to kind of let Struce just glide to the corner easily and get catch and shoot. So yeah, I, I I think the nuggets should just continue to let Aaron Gordon handle Jimmy Butler like he's done so far, because I think he has done a good job. And that's what Aaron Butler or excuse me, Aaron Gordon is here to do is to, is to guard Jimmy Butler. I don't think there's a point at, at now a point in helping him out, especially with we've seen how much the heat shooters can get going. So you got to trust Aaron Gordon at this point and trust that in Miami, he's going to be able to continue to do the job that he's done so far on on Jimmy. All
0: right. So guys, I want to talk about two players. And I want your opinion, both of you guys' opinion on both of them. I'm going to start with KCP. He pretty much gifted Miami six points last night with those two bad fouls. Um, He was falling down a lot from when I watched on the TV broadcast, he seems like he was trying to flop. I don't know if he was trying to flop or, he was just slipping or what, but he's the guy who has the championship ring in that room. And he looked flustered last night. So Vinny, what did you see that as well? What what do you think was going on there? Yeah, I think he got
1: really frustrated with the officiating early and just kind of let that impact the way he was playing. Cause uh, I think one of those, I can't remember one of those shooting fouls came early. He wasn't happy with the call. And then I think in the first quarter, he takes a, uh I, I want to say it was off a dribble handoff with Jokic. He takes kind of an off balance jumper, kind of flails yeah. in the air a little bit, felt like he was trying to maybe grift a foul call or, or at least get a makeup call for what he thought was a bad call on him. He doesn't get that shooting foul and, and he just can't believe it. Um So I think he just kind of, he let the officiating get to him, I think, and kind of felt like if, In his mind, the Heat were playing him physically and contesting him aggressively. That he could do the same, and um, you know, I think, I think there might have been even more than two shooting fouls that he committed. I think there might have been a third in there. Um, And one of those was Was there three. Okay, one of those was a wacky Gabe Vincent. He shoots and oh yeah, and kicks his leg, and and so I think I think KCP was just kind of. He got got lost in the officiating early and never really was able to pull himself out of, of that funk.
0: There was a lot of flailing last night. I've noticed, but um, on both sides, on, on both, both. Oh yeah, on both sides, without a doubt. Uh, Tyler, so what did you see from KCP?
2: Yeah, I just saw a guy that wasn't confident in in his game at all last night. I think what Vinny mentioned is perfect, especially on the defensive end, kind of getting flustered by the calls, kind of not going his way, and he only shot the ball four times. He was one of three from three and one of four from the field overall. So I, I think he's, is, we've seen in the playoffs that he's really able to get hot offensively and really carry the nuggets for a quarter. I think he did that in both the Nug or the sun series and the Lakers series. Um, But he hasn't done that so far in this series. And I think it's affected his defense. Um, You know, I think at times in the postseason it hasn't mattered what he's done offensively. He's still able to kind of be effective on the defensive end, like, like he has been, but Right now, I don't. I think he's going to need to see the ball go in a little bit early, and maybe it's a deliberate thing. I think I had this in one of my three keys to the, the game for game too. That even though I thought that if the if Miami was going to stick with that small lineup, which they eventually didn't do, they they should obviously continue to feed Aaron Gordon and um, MPJ and get easy looks at the rim. But if not, you got to get MPJ and KCP going from three, and they really haven't made a deliberate effort to do that uh, much. I know MPJ is I think he's what three of 17, 17 yeah. three or 17 from three so far in the series. So it's not like he hasn't taken enough shots, but um, really, they really, really need to get both those guys going. Obviously KCP, I think right now, whether it's his defense igniting his offense or vice versa,
0: I think he's going to have to, you know, pick his confidence back up when, when the series shifts to Miami. Yeah. You mentioned MPJ and that's what I want to jump to next because he was pretty lost on the defensive end as well last night. His shot is just not falling. There was that, he had that little floater. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And he didn't even look comfortable shooting that. And he was like five feet from the rim. And the guy's six for 10. Um, so, Benny, what did, I mean, he just, I don't know if, if that three's not falling. He's he seeing, I mean, Malone, we know who Malone was talking about when he made that comment in his presser. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're going to win in Miami, they're going to need him to hit some threes. But he also has to be connected on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, game one, I thought, was a great example of Michael not letting his shot-making yeah. ability impact the other parts of his game. And it was like, he might have been the guy who kind of exemplified being not comfortable with game one, but but feeling like they didn't have to play their A game to, to beat the Heat because he was kind of a, yeah not effective offensively and defensively. It was just like he was checked out from the jump. Um, and yeah, Malone seemed like kind of targeting post game with his comments about guys letting their shot impact their ability. Um, guys thinking they just turn it on and off. Um, but I think that that relationship has to, there has to be a conversation today or tomorrow about them being on the same page. Because I think this Nuggets team needs Michael Porter Jr. They need him to hit shots. They need him to think for me with Mike and I've been kind of leading the charge, maybe not leading the charge, but I've been pretty vocal about how I think he's been an improved defender. Yeah. Um, They just need the effort to be there. And I think they can live with the results. I don't think they're asking perfection for him on the defensive end. Um, But if I'm alone, I think I go to Mike and and have a conversation with him. Like I was frustrated after the game. Uh, I need your best in game three. And as kind of a, a peace offering, I'd let Mike pick a set to run early in Game Three. You wanna, you wanna dribble handoff with Joker. We'll do it early for you. See if we can get you in some sort of rhythm. You want a back cut going to the rim with with Jokic up top to try and get an easy layup or dunk. I just think uh, Malone needs more from Porter and and you know has to bridge that gap a little bit to to get Mike's best in in Game Three.
0: You know, Tyler, do you, if, if that shot's not falling, no one's blocking his shot on Miami if he goes to the rim. Should he just start going to the rim more? He was he did that a little bit in game one because he had that putback. He had that dunk over Bam. But he didn't do – I there were times where I didn't even know he was out there last night.
2: Yeah, he was definitely falling asleep on, on defense. I think it was the first bucket of the game – the, the Heat had like a, an inbounds underneath the basket. yeah. And he just kind of – him and KCP, there was kind of a lack of communication. Um, and no one gets around – there's a double screen for Struis, Um, And they kind of throw it to him at the, at the on the wing, and he hits a wide-open three. And Mike has a really late contest. Um, and there was another possession later where um, somebody on the Heat got a wide-open three, and KCP was yelling him to switch during the play, and he didn't. Um, and then the, I think cause the Malone called the timeout right after that shot. And, um, KCP was yelling at him, walking back to the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, game one was, was the perfect example of Mike still finding ways to contribute without a shot falling. Um, like you said, being aggressive, crashing the boards on, on both ends of the floor. Um, but he just haven't seen that. We didn't see that at all in game two. And he I, he only took two non threes. He was too afraid from the game and one for six and three. So, um, he made his first shot, so I thought um, it was a really good contest from Caleb Martin. I have no idea how it didn't get blocked, um, but it didn't, and he made it. But then after that, he didn't make another three in the game, and only he made like a – it was like a push shot from a pass from Jokic in the third yeah. quarter. It was his only other basket. Um, but we just haven't seen that – we didn't see that aggression at all from, from Mike. And I, I've been up there with – right up there with Vinny kind of defending uh, Mike throughout this postseason, just kind of – not trying to sell short his development and how much it has boosted the, this Nuggets run, but they're going to definitely going to need him to be better in, in games three and four Miami. If they want to come back two two at best, or, you know, or else it's going to be three, one Miami coming back here for game five, if they don't get an improved MPJ for, for those two games
0: down there. Well, and you know, whenever they talk about the Nuggets core, he's the third guy they mentioned him and Aaron Gordon are three and four. And these guys are signed and everything. And yeah, he's, He's been really I mean, his complete game has been pretty good in these playoffs. But man, last night was raw. And there was even a part on the broadcast where Malone had one of his rage timeouts, and Van Gundy said, "I'm pretty sure Porter's going to get screamed <laughs> at in the huddle." Last- yeah, I was. I was listening to the game uh, okay. last night.
2: I was. I had it in my ears um, while I was up in the press box. I was because I wanted to. I was more. Cur- I was curious about kind of how the guys were calling the game, and I remember that pretty vividly. Yeah. <laughs> KBG <laughs> was like, yeah, MPJ's gonna get yelled at a lot this time now. And I was like, I would love to be down there for that to hear it.
0: Uh so we're 25 minutes into this podcast. And I haven't talked about Nikola Jokic's 41 yet. Um, but you know, his 41 doesn't seem to be the biggest story of the game, except that they always lose when he scores over 40 in the playoffs. I think the bigger story is he had four assists. So you know, Vinny, it seemed very early on that he was going to score because they fell behind early so quick. But there was a point, you know, speaking about Michael Porter Jr., that I think in the fourth where he drove, or uh, Jokic drove and had either a little – one of his little floors. MPJ was wide open in the corner. And didn't even look at him. So, I mean, what did you see from Nicola? Like, did he just know that he had to score last night?
1: Yeah, it felt that way. I mean, I think you look at – the four assists and i don't know how much of that was him playing uh you know making the conscious decision to play a different game i think you know some shot variance goes the other way and he has six seven eight assists and i was gonna say guys didn't
0: make shots yesterday either
1: right and if guys guys make two more shots he has 41 and six and and the nuggets can win that game and then the the discourse is totally different um Spolstra shut down the notion that they were trying to turn him into a scorer. Um, I don't know how much I buy that just because, you know, the Nuggets are now and three in games where, where Nicola has 40 or more in this playoffs. Um, I don't know if that's just a coincidence. Jamal seemed to think it was a coincidence. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think turning Nicola into a scorer or, letting him do his typical 25, 30 point triple double. I don't know how much of a difference that, you know, ulti- ultimately made in game two. I don't think it was. Um, I don't think that was the difference by any means. I think Nicola could have had the same stat line and the nuggets win that game 50% of the time or more, if they just play any sort of defense or make one more shot or get one goaltending call. Like there are so many different yeah. <laughs> path- paths to victory that I don't think um it all needs to be broken down into oh the heat let Miami or the heat let Nikola Jokic score and that's why they won um one thing I'm gonna do if I'm the Nuggets is figure out early in game three if they're gonna if they're gonna stick with the him one-on-one see if you can turn him into a scorer then I would just go to him just about every possession to start the game and like if Bam bio picks up two early fouls the heat are in trouble like yes um so i think there's been too much kind of waiting to figure out the opposing scheme like i'm just getting the ball to nicola early if they want to turn him into a scorer tell him to be aggressive for the first 5 minutes if he if he scores repeatedly they're probably going to have to come out of that strategy if they pick up fouls you know i think that changes the complexion of the game um, so I don't think you know turning him into a scorer is is the simple answer you know to beating the Nuggets. I it might give you a chance to beat the Nuggets, but I think there are too many other ways the Nuggets could have won that game. Um, but yeah, I, I just feed him early and, and see how committed Miami is to to playing him straight up.
0: So you know it's funny you talked about feeding him because I listened to Zach Lowe and and Winhorse. They they do want they they're there at ball arena. They do a podcast right after the game, and he only actually got. Nicole only got nine post touches. Like he was catching the ball outside the post and I, that may have to do with the zone too. But Tyler, I mean, do you agree with that? Like they are just going to have to feed him if it's Bam, just guarding him one-on-one because you know, if he's catching the ball outside the post, not that he can't work that zone, but if he's in, I think they missed a couple, at least a couple chances last night to get him the ball on the post and let him go to work.
2: Yeah. And that's, yeah. this is something video I talked about kind of on the car ride home from the game, just kind of, what what Vinny said the the heat are screwed if Bam Adebayo is not on the floor when Nikola Jokic is out there like Nikola Jokic is just driving straight into Cody Zeller's chest yeah. <laughs> and trying to put him in the basket like Nikola Jokic is disrespected by the notion that Cody Zeller is tasked with guarding him and it's 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 evident i mean the i was saying this last night after the game like the heat cannot afford to have Bam at a bio sit when Nicole Jokic is out there for the rest of the series. They simply have to mirror minutes. That's what they have to do because bam, Bam's bam been great. I'll give Bam credit. He's been really good through the first two games when, kind of, when you look at the fact that he's matched up against Jokic on the defensive end, and they run a lot of offense through him um, as well. Um, But I, I, I do actually think there is something to – I don't think it's making Jokic a scorer because I think that's ridiculous. I think it is simply – making Jokic a less willing passer by rattling the other players around him and having him lose confidence in his guys. Because I think the Nuggets are at their best when Jokic is flinging the ball all around the court and he doesn't care who it's going to, but he's he's got confidence in everybody. Chris, you mentioned that that play kind of in the second half where he just – MPJ is wide open in the corner, doesn't even look at him. And, you know, it, it was pretty clear early in the first quarter that Jokic's mindset flipped from – to. I've got to, I've got to take over this game. And you know, sometimes the Nuggets are going to need that because he is their best player, he is their star, he is their generational talent. And sometimes the other guys aren't going to have it. But th- this Denver team is always going to be at its best when Jokic has plenty of confidence in the guys around him and is getting the ball to everybody on the court, spraying it to Jamal KCP, you know, lobbing it to Ag, um, getting MPJ involved. And we didn't see any of that you know, the second half of game one and, and and in all of last night's game. So, like I said, I think it's less about making Nicola score and just making him a less willing passer. and that, that, That's what I think the key is for, for Miami.
0: All right, so the last thing I'll touch on game two is a little bit of the officiating talk. Because, Vinny, you mentioned the goaltend. Uh, you know, there was that play. There was the play where Jimmy Butler stepped out of bounds and then threw it to Gabe Vincent, and he hit a three. Uh, the clear pass foul was right. You guys agree with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that seemed like that yeah. was the letter of the law there. And then there's this those 50-50 out-of-bounds calls, but it you know, didn't go the Nuggets way. It went the Heat way. So you know, you mentioned KCP being frustrated with the officiating. Vinny, do you think the whole team was just a little bit peeved with the crew? Yeah, and like those
1: 50-50 out-of-bounds calls, Nikola couldn't believe. Oh, he was – yeah. <laughs> he couldn't believe, I think, all three of them. And he's typically a guy where like – you can tell how, I guess a lot of guys are like this, but you can tell how much he disagrees with a call based on his,
0: yeah
1: his response. And all three of those, those calls, he was like, he didn't even realize it at first. And then he was absolutely shocked. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it is interesting just in terms of how the, the review system works where it's like, we can spend five minutes to, to figure out if something is a clear path foul, but we can't look at a, out of bounds call in the second half of a NBA finals game. Um or a goal ten
0: that cost the team two points.
1: Right, right. In a three-point game. (laughs) And so I I I, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but I'm guessing after Miami got two free throws in in game one, that there was some communication with the league where they're sending clips where they're like, how are these not fouls that are not being called? I wouldn't be surprised if Denver sends a few clips to the league in terms of the out of bounds, the goal 10, some of the you know, I, I don't know if I saw the the out of bounds calls. I don't know if any of those were like super clear where they absolutely missed it in real time. Um, but if I'm the Nuggets, I'm guessing there's been some communication in terms of that goaltend. I was on the opposite end, and it was that was clear to me in real time that that ball was on the way down. Um, and and the the stepping on the out of bounds line, I don't. You know, referees maybe not looking at his foot. Maybe he should be. I don't know. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was something that that got under the nugget skin from from earlier in the game, and then just continued into into the second half.
0: Well, there was also that play where uh, Aaron Gordon went up for a dunk, and he was fouled by Gabe Vincent, but the ref right there didn't call it, and somebody way behind did call it. So, so Tyler, did you see that too? That I, they were just they were just they seemed to be peeved from the very beginning.
2: Yeah, I think it was more about just how slow the game got in that third quarter. They mucked like that, it up. That's sh- There was like that stretch in like the middle of the third quarter where it felt like the game was taking forever, and it was just kind of like replay after replay, like questionable call after questionable call. And it was on both sides, I think, with the fouls and stuff. The goaltend, I'm sitting high up for this series, so it was so clear. I was stunned that they didn't call the goaltend. I was like, oh, my, I could not believe it. Um, but, yeah, I think it was more about the fact that, the game played more into Miami's hands there in the second half that kind of flustered the nuggets because this is a, te- a heat team that is going to muck the game up. They want to make it as ugly gross as possible. Cause that plays in their hands. And this is something that Duncan Robinson even admitted after the game. Like they felt the flow, if you'll call it a flow, it was the opposite of a flow, but whatever it was was playing into their hands and they knew it too. Um, so I think the, the heat are just going to continue to look to do that as, much as possible, you know, as much stoppages as possible, just to prevent the Nuggets from getting any kind of rhythm where they're getting out in transition um, and playing the ball, ball like they like to. But um, so I think it was more of that than anything. They were obviously pretty upset by some of the calls, but I don't think it was too egregious outside of the goaltending. And yeah, it's a pretty bad miss call with the Butler's foot on the line. But other than that, I think it was just the general flow of the game and how things kind of transpired there in the third quarter that got the Nuggets Way out of sorts.
0: I think the frustration is that both those plays, the, the goal 10 and the out of bounds, cost points. I think that's why people were upset about those. Um, but yeah, I, they can't let the officials bother them because I think back to those games in LA, especially game three, the rest were bad in that game too. They were not getting any calls and they fought through it. So, you know, I, I just think last night, and was a weird game, and yeah, flow is not any way I describe either of these games. Uh, but um, all right, so let's move on to game three. We're heading to Miami Wednesday night, six thirty tip. Uh, Vinny, what are you looking for from the Nuggets? And honestly, what are you looking for for the Heat? Because I, you know, that they don't think they figured it out.
1: Yeah, if I'm the Nuggets, like I said earlier, I'm I'm feeding Nicola early, and if if that's not working, I think one thing they the Nuggets messed up last night is if the Heat are going to start Kevin Love. Kevin Love's gotta guard somebody. He's gotta yeah. he's gotta be involved defensively. Um because Aaron Gordon on Kevin Love and Bam on Nikola Jokic, that should be that should be a recipe for for pretty easy offense if I'm Denver. Um so I would I would make sure both those guys are, are guarding early in, in game three and, and for Miami, I think it's just more of the same. Like you gotta to to Tyler's point, they've gotta love the pace and that that game was played at, like, I think the Nuggets' offensive rating was still, like – was sky high. Right, It's like, in the yeah. 120s yeah. because of yeah. how few possessions there were. Um, so, if I'm Miami, like, I think that's probably the way to get this done is keep it slow and live with what happens.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets have scored 104 and 108 points in these first two games, which is lower than they've really scored most of the playoffs – all right, so what are you looking for in Game Three, Tyler? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of curious to see if Jimmy Butler has
2: one of these games where that we've seen him have throughout the playoffs, where he just kind of has the Jimmy Butler game. We haven't seen it yet, and I think that's a good sign for Miami that they've they're able they were able to steal a game in Denver without you know a big game from Jimmy Butler, and I think that's. I feel like it's coming at some point in the series. Maybe he's a little bit too banged up. Maybe his ankles bothering him. Maybe he's just. His legs are a little dead at this point of the playoffs, but I feel like it's coming at some point. Maybe it's one of the games uh, down there in, in South Beach, but um, that that'll be the one thing I'm looking for from the Miami side. And, and and for the Nuggets, I would just I want to see the Nuggets get back to that brand of basketball that has been so successful them with the Jokic just kind of spreading the ball around and making sure MPJ gets in the rhythm early, gets a couple touches. Same thing with KCP, um, run a little two man game with Jamal early. Um, just kind of switch up the offensive sets and keep Miami guessing defensively from a possession to possession basis. Um, throw the kitchen sink at them. I think and try to get their, their defense flustered early on. And yeah, maybe they, if they're intent on letting the kind of playing off Nicola, yeah. Let them go at out of bio for three straight possessions and see if he can draw a couple fouls. fouls um, to get Cody Zeller in there and keep feasting. So um, I think for the nuggets, it's, you know, offensive diversity, um, and for the Heat, it's, you know, maybe you get that Jimmy Butler game. Um, if not, just hope that Struis and Duncan Robinson, and hey, maybe Tyler Hero is going to play. I was just going to ask player. about him. Yeah, uh, He was warming up and he looks pretty, he looked pretty good yesterday when I was watching him warm up before game two. Um, so, you know, maybe he even is the guy you threw out there. Hope he gets hot off the
0: bench. So that's that would be uh, my strategy for both teams there. All right, so let's talk predictions for game three. Um, You know, I, I want to say, The the Nuggets have had some adversity in these playoffs, not a lot. Like, they've been pretty pretty good the whole time. You know, coming back here 2-2 with Phoenix, they blew them out in game five. Um, You know, the Lakers figured it all out in game one and two in Denver. They went to L.A. and won two games. I just – I feel good about the Nuggets being businesslike. Like, Like last night was the first night, I feel like, in these playoffs where I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? Um, So, I think they go down – and win game three in Miami on Wednesday night. I think they win convincingly. Miami has lost its last two home games. Um, they People don't think of Miami as a giant home court advantage. I know that. They've talked about that a lot. So I think Nuggets go down there and actually handle their business and make a point on Wednesday. Vinny, what do you got?
1: I'm with you there, Chris. I think last night was the, the first time the Nuggets have really had to look in the mirror and face the fact that, you know, this is, this is as much adversity as they face. They've been up two zero in every series so far. Um, so I think they've got to, if they go in and um, play the right way, I think they've got to feel pretty good about themselves. And the thing with Miami is that like throughout the playoffs it seems like the heat don't play a B game. Like they play their a game or they play a C game or a D game. It's like, there's no, um, no pretty good game. They either shoot 45% or better from three and win or, you know, the other end of that is they've had some, I think, I think you mentioned those, the five games where they shoot 45% from three or better. Like most of those are on the road, I think like three or four of those are on the road. Um, So yeah, not having the greatest home court advantage. Um, I I think game three is right for the taking if you're Denver. And I, I think game four probably goes back to the heat and we come back here two two.
0: pretty big Serbian community in Miami too, isn't there? I believe. Paul Klee told me that, but I'm not sure. I'm not... Nicola likes to enjoy his time in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that would, they could have swept. They could have had their party down there. Maybe it'll be game six now with the way things are going. Uh Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, I think, that, you
2: know, for the Nuggets, there I do kind of have a little bit of concern because this is the first time that I, I decided that – you described this the first time we've seen adversity all postseason, Chris, and I would describe it as this is the first time we've seen them bleed. Like, they haven't really been – Obviously, they hadn't dropped the home game um, yet this postseason, and that had led to 2-0 series lead in every series. The only time they were even was 2-2 with Phoenix. But even 2-2 with Phoenix, I was pretty confident the Nuggets were going to win that series. I thought it was going to be in seven, but um, I, just with the home court advantage, I thought I just didn't think the, the Suns were going to win in Denver. So um, I was still pretty confident they are going to win that series. But now I, I still could see the series going either way, just kind of – with the shooting variants of the heat have like, yeah, it's more, you know, it is, they are kind of dependent on shooting 45% or more from three, but they've done it a lot in this postseason. They've just kind of continued to do it um, when they need to. And yeah, they they much might just continue to do it again down in Miami. Um, I know they don't, they don't really have the best home court advantage. I think it's, you know, not too bad. I think it's probably comparable to Denver, but, um, they had some success early in the postseason at home and they dropped two the last two home games uh, in the Boston series, they lost. So um, they'll be looking to get one back there at home, but I, I just kind of think this is going to be two, two coming back here. I think maybe the, the Nuggets are able to turn around in game three and have that business-like approach and, and win, like you mentioned, Chris, but I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped game three and then are able to be resilient in game four. So um, I think we've got a great series on our hands. That's all I'll say.
0: You know, it's crazy. You know, as bad as they looked at times last night, that's the first game they've lost in 27 days. Yeah. And it was, you know, and they've actually won three straight road games too. So, you know, I'll be interested to see how they come out on Wednesday. I do think I could see it honestly going either way. I know that's not a hot take, but you know, this Miami team is, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything like them. They, they just, they they just win and you're, just you're confused and baffled by it and I think you feel bad after it but um you know it's just it's just what it is the Nuggets have a this you know a lot of I picked Nuggets in five Vinny you did too did you go Nuggets in five as well Tyler
2: yeah Um, I did as well
0: yeah and uh, uh Paul picked Nuggets in seven and said this could be their toughest series and now watching it he may be right like they may get everything they want from this Heat team and you know Nobody said winning a title is easy. I think that's something that people need to realize too. Like you have to win four series to win a title and it's not easy. So that's my spiel to end everything. Um, All right, guys, thanks for coming on and talking about game two with me and getting us ready for game three. Vinny, you're headed to South Beach. You'll be down there with Paul Klee covering the game. Tyler and I will be back here doing stuff back in Denver and we will, we will talk to you guys again after game three. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit DenverGazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.